All right, Mike Arsenault, rank this for us in terms of Wimbledon finals. Uh, is it at the top for you? It has to be number one or number two. You think back to the final in 2008, Federer against Nadal. Federer lost that one. That was actually the longest Wimbledon final before yesterday when they almost played for five hours. The drama, Jeff, was incredible. When it was 6-6 in the fifth set, I stood for the rest of the match because I just couldn't sit down. The tension was just too tight. Here's how long this match was. As you mentioned, longest in Wimbledon history. Uh, I started watching. I watched the first couple of sets, and then I had to go out and run around and do a bunch of things. And I'm like, uh, okay, I'll just catch the highlights later. I, I walked back into the house probably like, I don't know, 90 minutes, close to two hours later, and I turned on the TV, and this thing is still going on. It was in the tie break in the uh, fifth set, and it's just amazing because it went to like, 12 games apiece in the tiebreaker, and then they had to, because of the rules, go to extra points. Like, this thing literally could not have been any closer, Mike. No, and, and the thing is, this is the first time that's ever happened because at Wimbledon, they've had issues in the past where usually you just have to win by two games. So you'd have matches that went six, seven hours. Remember, uh, John Isner won a match that went over, I think, 11 hours over like four days. So this was the first year where they had the cap at 12-12. They would have the final tiebreak, and it was... It was an amazing match to witness because just of the the mental strength that Novak Djokovic showed. He had the crowd against him because, I mean, everyone's a Federer fan. Everyone wanted Roger to win except for Novak and his team. And Federer had two match points on his serve. And Novak was still able to find a way to stay within himself and find that resilience. It was just incredible. Okay, well, you play tennis and you play tennis at a fairly highly competitive level. Can you put into words just how taxing how tough that match was for both of them, but particularly Federer, who we know is uh, 37. Well, I had conversations yesterday with a couple of friends, and I would argue that tennis, high-level tennis, the final of a Grand Slam, is the most mentally difficult thing to deal with in sports. Because in most other sports, you have teammates that you can depend on. I think the closest parallel would be something like golf. But you and I talked when Tiger Woods won the Masters. After his tee shot at 16, we pretty much knew he was going to win. In a tennis match, you don't know when you're going to win until that final point is played. So from a mental perspective, the physical strength needed, these guys aren't young. They're in their uh, mid-30s. Federer's 37, and he played for five hours. It's I don't think people appreciate, especially in North America, just how difficult the game of tennis actually is. Yeah, what kind of things does particularly Roger Federer, but you're right, jo, uh, Novak Djokovic is in his uh, early 30s. What kind of training do they have to do day in and day out to be ready to play a five-setter, a, a match that lasts over or close to five hours? Well, you need a mix of everything. It's not just the stamina and the endurance necessary to play at a high level for five years, but you need that sprint speed. You kind of need something from every other discipline, every other sport. You need to be able to play for a minute straight you need to be able to like kind of run quickly from side to side you need to be able to last for four or five hours so it's really an all-over type of training regimen and the big thing with Federer why he's so successful at this age is because he moves so well you look at a guy like Nadal he's had a lot of injuries in, in his career I mean Federer has had a couple issues Djokovic the same thing the flexibility he has to be able to get himself into positions to return that's the thing with Djokovic he's the best returner in the game you just can't get the ball past him Federer won more games yesterday he won more points he had more winners and he lost the match. Yeah. How much does that hurt? Does that sting that you win more points overall? Uh, you had the championship on your racket not once but twice. Uh, I know Roger Federer, listen, he's, he's a great player, but that loss yesterday, that has to leave a mark. That's got to sting. 
Well, and that's, I think that's the big question. Everyone's talking about like, well, how long is Federer going to play for until his body holds out? But the scar tissue that builds up with a loss like that, like that just has to be completely demoralizing. I mean, you said all the right things after the match that, I mean, it's tough, yes, but he can go back to his family. And Which, kind of by the way, only this. tennis does that, right? Where they uh, keep the uh, loser uh, around and they've got to address the crowd and do an interview just moments after. Man, that has got to be so hard. <laughs> it, 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 exactly. Like, it's just it's just amazing to, to have to put yourself through something like that. But it was an incredible thing to witness. My favorite shots were of Federer's wife, Mirka. If you're watching her reactions, like she couldn't even look. Like it looks like he, she had bitten through her fingernails because of the stress that she was under. She's a former pro tennis player herself, so she kind of knows what he was going through. But it was just great theater. And I again, I'd be hard pressed to find a more compelling uh, sport event than the final of a Grand Slam when guys are playing at that level. Yeah. All right. Finally, just let me ask you. I mean, they're you know getting up there, 37, 32 years old. Uh, Nadal uh, also. He's 33, uh, so a 33. year older than Djokovic. Yeah. yeah. Why are these guys still dominating? Where are the young guns? And I'm thinking particularly of some of these uh, Canadians, the up and coming Canadians. Is it time that they start uh, challenging uh, what is quickly becoming, if not already, the old guard? Well, I think there's parallels in other sports as well. You're seeing guys in their mid to late 30s still being able to play at a high level. And I think that goes back to just the training methodology has changed over the past 30 years. Guys are taking better care of themselves. You look back even 25 years ago, John McEnroe, his career ended, I think, under 30. Uh, Bjorn Borg, same thing. He stopped playing at 27, I think. So guys just have that longevity. In terms of the young guys coming up, yeah, no one's kind of broken through. I mean, it's, I, I'm not sure what is missing, but I think it's more so the top three guys are just holding on way longer than you would typically expect high level tennis, uh, tennis players to do so. And the young guys need to find something because it's, it's getting a little embarrassing. I mean, Milos Raonic was kind of the first guard who should have done it. And now we're looking to, to teenagers, but yeah, who's going to be the first guy to kind of really break through I would think it's not about tennis. It's more about the the mental capacity, the mental strength to do it, like what you saw Federer and Djokovic put themselves through. Besides the two of them and Nadal, I don't think there's anyone else in the game who could have done that. Yeah, well, listen, growing up, I remember that uh, McEnroe-Borg final uh, back-to-back, and that's what really introduced me to uh, Wimbledon. I, I never thought I would see a better final than that. And then Federer and Nadal came along, and then uh, yesterday, I think you're right, tops them all. The, the drama was just uh, unreal. Uh, you were saying, by the way, you were freaking out in your house. You couldn't even sit still. I, I couldn't. I mean, again, after like the last half of the of the final set, I was just kind of pacing. I couldn't imagine just the the anguish that everyone in the stadium was kind of going through too. But it was just a tremendous performance from both guys. And really, the question of the greatest tennis player of all time, I think it's still up for de- up for debate because Djokovic. I mean, he's four majors behind Roger now, two behind Nadal. I don't think we're going to answer this question for another five to ten years. Yeah, they're all bunched up there, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, I tweeted this out yesterday, and I still feel the same way a day later. Yesterday is one of those rare sporting events where you could say, nobody deserved to lose. You could have given that trophy to both of them, really. They're so good. It was such a good match. Mike Arsenault, good to see you as always. Thank you. Thank you.